Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where inspiring stories are brought to life. This podcast is made possible by Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. I'm your host, Dr. Drew Flam. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Professor Ben Navarro. He also serves as admissions liaison for Latino recruitment here at Grace College. He studied Bible at the Biblico Palabra de Vida Argentina, and I plan on him correcting me on that here in a couple minutes. He's been at Grace for 24 years. Alongside of his wife, Delia, they've worked as missionaries and church planners in Argentina, and in 1996 accepted the invitation to move to the States to teach Spanish and global perspectives at Grace. Two years ago, they started the conversation with Grace about assisting admissions and being a Latino liaison to the community, and Ben has functioned in that role with amazing results. Ben, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So did I get the name of your uh, college sort of, kind of correctly? Well, yes, you just missed the, uh, the first word, instituto. Instituto. Yeah, yeah, you started with the second so, but okay. which would be biblical. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you, uh, you, I told you a little bit about my um, lack of success in high school Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully you can teach me a, th- a few things even <laughs> in the minutes we have together. So uh, let me ask this question. I'm really interested to know how Grace College um, entered your sphere how did you get connected with grace 24 plus years ago that's an interesting question it actually my life became uh, interconnected with grace college before that um it was back in the early 90s mid 90s i'm sorry when i started helping missionaries from the grace brethren church um to plant churches in buenos aires we were working in an area of Buenos Aires of about 2.5 million people planting churches. And I had done it before with another organization. We planted a church. So um, I started helping them attending a Grace Brethren Church. And on weekends, besides teaching Spanish at the Bible Institute and teaching Bible, New Testament and Old Testament survey, on weekends, I was helping missionaries. So I started hearing about Grace College, mostly Grace Seminary. And I met Dr. Uh, Dr. Tom Julian, who back then was the executive director of GBIM, now Encompass. Yes. Still the godfather, but yes. Still, yeah. still. He still is, yes. <laughs> and so... Um, then I visited once the States. Um, I had met him a um, couple of years before when he visited Argentina. And as you know, his daughter, Jacqueline Schramm, was the head of the language department at Grace. So she was looking for native speakers to teach languages. At the time, I was teaching Spanish at the Escuela de Idiomas, which is a language school for missionaries in training at uh, the Word of Life Bible Institute in Buenos Aires. Sure. So he knew that I was teaching Spanish already. So he mentioned 
my name to um, Prof. Schramm, and then I got a phone call from back then. The his position was the I think it was a the dean of academic affairs. I think uh, Dr. Plaster. Oh sure, yes. Um, the equivalent of a provost, basically, mm-hmm. and. They invited us to come. I came with my family back then, two kids, and ended up being hired by Grace College. This is 1996. Wow. Now, you grew up in Argentina. Did you grow up in a um, Christian home, and how did you come to know the Lord? The first person in my family was my mom. Um, for for what I understand, okay, she came to know Christ. Then my dad accepted Christ. Also, she was working. She was cleaning houses at the home of um, some immigrants from, um, I think, it's Syria or Lebanon, one of the two, and they were brand new believers, Christians. So they were sharing with my mother. She. Basically, saw them praying before meals, I guess, and that caught her interest. Eventually, she became a Christian. Then, like I said, my dad, um, and then my siblings, and I was the last one. I'm the youngest of nine. Wow. So I became a Christian in back in uh, August the 1st, um, 1981. So it was in a movement of churches called the Plymouth Brethren Churches. But later, like I said, like I mentioned before, back in the 90s, I uh, became a member of a Grace Brethren Church that we started, that we planted. Mm. So you, you make this, um, or decide to make this move to uh, Winona Lake, Indiana, and Grace College. And um, like you just said, siblings and family and culture and everything familiar. Many of us have made job transitions, mm-hmm. but they are rarely transnational job <laughs> transitions. So talk about, you know, what was the draw and the pull for you to um, take your family and, and bring them to the States and come to Grace College? Yes. After the first, the initial phone call back then it was a phone call um in the first uh, contact communication with people from grace <clears throat> i um talked to my wife and and, and mentioned to, to her we never thought about moving anywhere just to be honest we had a um, you know full-time ministry as church planters as bible teachers language teachers so I never thought about the idea of moving somewhere else. But um, when the invitation came, like I said, I talked to her, and she was open to the idea, and we realized if we ever want to do something like this, probably do it now. We had, we had a, a two and a half months old, my daughter Deborah, and um, I'm sorry, my son Marcos, he was two and a half months old, and my uh, daughter was two and a half years old. Sorry, um, and um, so I came for a week just to visit the school to talk to the um, the president of the school, Dr. Manahan at the time, Dr. Plaster that I mentioned before, Jacqueline Schramm, and um, 
went back to Argentina, talked to my wife again, and she said, let's let's see what happens. So we decided to move. Mm. It, it was big. It was huge. Um, for us, as Latino, families, everything. And uh, we both come from families. I come from mainly Spanish, Argentine family. My wife comes from um, basically Italian on both sides. So it was a tough decision to make. Uh, like I said, it was something sudden. We never mentioned the possibility before, never planned on doing anything like this. So it, it was it was it was tough on our families. It was tough for us too. So talk about some of those uh, first years here. What were some of those? You know, because all of us have um, folks in our community who have immigrated from somewhere and are making this transition to a new country, much less a new community. Um, many of us would have close neighbors who hmm. ha are going through um, that type of move. So for your family, what were some of those um, difficult transitions or exciting aspects of being in a new place, new country, new opportunities. Tell us a little bit about those first couple of years. It, it was, uh, to say the least, it was tough. Uh, you were mentioning about your uh, language skills, uh, proficiency in a second language. Mine was probably very close to, to yours at the time. Uh, to make things worse, we arrived on a Friday to Winona Lake. Monday, the next Monday, 72 hours after our arrival, was my first day at the office. Tuesday at 10, I'm sorry, 11.30 was my first class. Wow. <laughs> so we were still um, I think they unpacked. call that hitting the ground running. Yes, It was. It was. Back then, we didn't have... Um, a committee for, you know, to train, to lead, to mentor new faculties. You just got here and here are the books, start teaching, here's your office. So and my, again, my language proficiency in English was, it was close to none. It was non-existent almost. Good thing I was teaching in Spanish, that helped, but it didn't help my students at all. So 24 years later, I reflect on those days. I have no idea how we survived. Um, I do remember, though, the first time, this was in the middle of my fourth semester teaching Spanish, second year. At the end of my uh, second year teaching, I went back to my office, and then right across from my office was my boss's office, uh, Prof. Schramm, and and. I opened the door and I talked to her and I say, Jacqueline, what do you see different in me? And she looked at me like, I don't know, what are you trying to tell me? And it was the first time, uh, Drew, that I was not sweating. It was the first time that I had finished a class, gone, gone back to my office feeling like, I think I can do this. Mm. I think this is that I can not only uh, do it, I can enjoy and probably I can even grow in this role as a, a Spanish professor in an English setting, mm -hmm. so um, it, it took it took me a while. Um, I, I was blessed to be again working full time, involved in um, you know the, the community because of my, my my job, 
we started also a Spanish-speaking church here in, in, in Warsaw. Uh, it was tough for my wife, who had to spend most of the time with two little kids at home. Uh, we only had one car. Somebody had loaned a car for a, for a couple of weeks. We ended up driving that for a semester, I think, until we could finally purchase a, a car of our own. So um, it was tough. We, I remember arriving to the States with four suitcases. Mm. And a lot of dreams, uh, a lot of expectation. And our prayer with my wife was uh, to be used by God, to, to I guess, to, to, to be able to have a chance to put our gifts you know, to the service of the school, the church. And we did what we had done in Argentina. We shared the gospel with um, Latinos here in, in Warsaw. I, I, I would teach during the day. Weekends, we would have meetings with uh, our first contacts, played a lot of soccer with them. Um, we went to countless, countless parties, birthday parties, um, and we started meeting our community, people in the community. So it was exciting, but it, it was tough. Yeah. What was uh, the community like? Um, you know, uh, we now see, uh, at least in my perception, being here for just uh, a more limited time, seven years, you know, an, an explosion of growth in the Hispanic and Latino communities. Um, what would you say, you know, percentages were or what uh, was there a pretty vibrant uh, Latino Hispanic community when you arrived? What, what was it like then in, in that community? We arrived right there in the middle of a, a big, big influx of newcomers. A lot of them were coming from the city of Chicago. I'm speaking about Latinos now. Sure. Um, Latino families from Chicago. Some of them, you know, straight from the border to uh, Winona Lake to Warsaw. So it was, uh, it was growing. So we came right in the middle. I think the timing was perfect for us. Mm. Because a lot of newcomers, uh, in terms of the the influence of the Latinos in our community, it was basically unseen. Um, I remember we had only one small, tiny Mexican restaurant. It was called La Pasadita, and it had just a few booths, and probably could hold, I would say, 15, 20 people, you know probably 15 comfortably sitting. So I would take my students there, you know, once a semester, twice a semester. Uh, but it was packed. It was packed when uh, every time we took our students. So, in, but now, we're exp of course, this is much, much different. Those first immigrants of that first wave of, of new arrivals uh, now, their children have graduated from college, some of them. Um, some of them decided to stay here in the community. Some have moved to different states. So um, it, it, was, it, was, it was quite different. 
It was exciting to know, to meet new people. Almost every week, you would meet a new family that had just arrived. Mm. Um, a new you know, group of young men that just came by themselves with no wives at, the po- at that time, with no um, relatives um, accompanying them to the States. So we heard a lot of stories of uh, the newcomers, uh, the pain, the struggle to get to the country, and then the struggle to survive in the country, to make it, to find a job, to find, um, well, to find a job was not a big challenge. There were, there were a lot of opportunities for them, hence the reason for them to move. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say to, to connect, there was not a sense of uh, uh, still a strong community presence like you, you have now. I think what we experience now is a more established community. Um, most of them, if not the, I would say the majority of them, are they they own their own houses. They no longer rent. Um, a big percentage has moved out of the trailer parks. You know, the the house, the housing conditions that most of immigrants go through when they first moved to a new country. Now they own their their own places, like I said, um, their kids are going through college. Mm. So that's that's a n- neat to see. You know, we, we maybe not are where we need to be, um, but but seeing the progress that you've been able to be a part yes. of and seeing the growth of that community and the embeddedness of that community, yes. feeling like this is their home. Um, so 24 years at Grace, uh, most of that teaching and more recently um, doing more admissions, liaison type of work. But I, I want to, before we move on to what you're doing now, I, I would love to just hear, you know, what are some of your favorite classes that you have taught over your 24 years at Grace? What's the What's the class that when you... You know it's on the schedule for the next semester. You're like, yes, I love teaching that class, and why? Well, okay, the classes that I enjoy the most are the ones that have that require less prep work. <laughs> okay, so um, one of the classes that I have enjoyed uh, teaching, being part of it, uh, it's been uh, Spanish conversation. The prep, there was some prep, of course, like in any other class, but it was basically you assign a topic, the students do some research, you prepare a list of questions, you send them a list of questions for them to brainstorm ideas, what to say. Then we get together and we just use Spanish for an hour, two hours and 20 minutes, uh, 20 minutes, just, just talking, you know, discussing. Sometimes the conversation will end up not being the specific topic that was assigned, but nonetheless, it was a, a conversation. You know, it yeah. was a conversation. So so sometimes we had disagreements. Uh, sometimes we, we used humor. And um, so it was very relaxed. And there was, the goal was just to have students speak. Was that yeah. a more higher level yes. Spanish it, course? Okay, so more not, more of those who were majors or minors who all of them, all okay. of them, 
Well, with just a few exceptions of those that just wanted to join a class like that because they loved sure. the culture, they loved Spanish. Um, it was the, the the target was for students who have completed their study abroad experience, so they were more more fluent. They had probably a different way of seeing things. They they had been exposed to a different way of doing things. They may have had experienced some of the topics that we were discussing about. Mm. So, so that's my I would say my my favorite classes is at the end of the language training yes. process. You see the you know the the results of long hours of mem- memorization and, and and learning and 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 generating simple questions and then moving on to more uh, complex. Um, I would say paragraphs, and then ideas, and then defending your positions, your ideas, with the hope of one day seeing the students defend and talk about, defend a position that is not necessarily what they think, like playing devil's advocate, for example. Yeah. And once you get there, it's like, oh, okay, all the the hard work of teaching them the ABCs and, and how to you know, conjugate verbs and, and things like that. It's like, okay, now they're doing something uh, with it. That's great. So, um, so in more recent years, I think it was, was it a couple years ago, two, three years ago, yeah. you made this transition, still mm-hmm. doing some teaching, but into this admissions liaison role for Latino recruitment, into being a uh, liaison to the community mm-hmm. for grace, um, why? Why is that an important thing that Grace is doing, and why do you want to be a part of it? A couple of years ago, I heard Dr. Katip uh, shared with with the employees in a gem a Grace employee meeting um, uh, some of the initiatives that were spelled out on the strategic plan for the our institution for our school. And some of them included um, initiatives of diversity, for example. Some included um, initiatives for recruitment and retention of, of uh, you know, students of color. So I, I kept on hearing his heart, I would say, not just what was on paper, but also how he was presenting it. Um, and so I will go home and sometimes talk to my wife, you know, th- th- you know, it would be great to, 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 to see Grace taking steps towards that, you know, those goals. And, um, the, the thing at the same time, my, my wife asked me like, yeah, but who's going to do that? <laughs> I mean, you don't, who, 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 who's the person that will, so um, that resonated with me for, for a couple of months. And one day I decided I was just going to approach Dr. Lillis and Dr. Kadip about this little, um, I had like a nudge in my heart. I had like a, this uh, persistent thinking like probably you, 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 you are qualified to do this. So after, you know, talking to my, um, my bosses at the, the, Department of Languages, and then the dean of our School of Arts and Science about it. Uh, by the way, they, they they were very encouraging from day one. 
they, they both said, if there is a person that can help the school, probably you are the one. So I felt like, okay, it was a complete change for me from teaching. I love teaching. Uh, like I mentioned before, um, probably some of the things that I enjoyed the most is seeing a, 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 a novice student, a high schooler that avoided Spanish classes, language classes like the plague in high school, and then gets to my classroom, and th they will confess to me, I hate languages, be patient with me. And then they end up teaching Spanish. They major in the language. So I I, I could have done that. I, I'm still doing some teaching, but it was like probably uh, the Lord is has something else for me to contribute to the school. I've been in this community, like you mentioned earlier, for 24 years. I've raised four children in this community. I've worked in ministry, uh, um, planting a Hispanic church. So, and I know local pastors, Latino pastors, local churches also. So that um, developed, you know, we kept on talking with uh, the president of Grace College. And then a final decision was reached. So um, the school hired a, a new professor, a Spanish professor, and um, to teach the Spanish classes. And I became September of last year. Of my, was my first day officially as, as a Latino bridge, you know, mm -hmm. to, to the community and in, in, in recruitment. So. So what is uh, what does a typical week look like then in this role of recruitment, of being a liaison to the community? What what are the kind of things that you're becoming engaged with? Pre-COVID or yeah, well, yeah, that good, great question. So uh, we are in the middle of a. Let, let's talk about what it was pre-COVID. What 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 it was supposed to be um, prior to the pandemic. What have you been engaged with? And then it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about what you've been doing, um, in even during this COVID time. Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the main points in my job description. Uh, was to um, initiate, look for research, um, new ways for Grace to not only connect with a larger community and the Latino, Latino community uh, specifically, but also for venues to recruit more Latino students. Mm. So I've spent some time researching for uh, student summits in the community, I mean, in, in the state of Indiana and elsewhere. So just to give, an, give you an example, last year, pre-COVID-19, we, uh, we had the chance, the opportunity to present information about Grace College to close to 4,000 Latino students, potential Grace College students also. So in, that was completely new for us. We, I attended with the help of others representing Grace. We took some students also um, uh, to represent the Latino students at Grace College to different conferences and summits um, here in the state of Indiana, but also uh, different states. So again, 
first of all, was to research what are the opportunities, what are the places that we are not tapping into for potential Latino students. And so that, that, that was initially um, a big portion of my work. So, and then, but, but also assisting Grace College and representing Grace College before the Latino community and the community in, in, in general. Mm -hmm. So um, I spent a lot of times um, talking basically to people, making connections, um, just showing up. I think one of the greatest uh, things that we can do is just to have the courage to, to show up and be there, be present, and, and, and I consider that to, for Grace to be a very important thing, to be, to be part, to sit at the table where the discussion is taking mm -hmm. place, where initiatives are born, when these needs are shared, and say, well, we are here, what, what can we do? Um, and I think as a school, we are moving from um, a, and this is by, we are doing this by design, from it just uh, reacting to what happens to us to taking the initiative. It's telling our community, you can count on us. We hope to, uh, in the future, be known to the Latino community as a destination place, mm -hmm. a place of the, the, where they can feel, feel um, they, they may have resources for me, they, 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 probably I can do something. They, they, they're here to, to help me. So um, that's, that's, that's what we aspire to. Give, to um, give us one example pre-COVID of something um, that you engaged with in the community or started or got going that was uh, new and exciting for you. For the first time last year, we attended the uh, ILI, the Indiana Latino Institute um, Student Summits. Um, we attended two of them last year. There were three planned for this year, but of course, all of them have been canceled. And in one uh, of those student summits, these are high schoolers, high schoolers, mainly juniors and seniors, but sometimes they, they bring sophomores also. And in Indianapolis, there were close to 2,200 students, Latino mm. students from different high schools. And then in South Bend, there were 1,600 students. So um, for us, it, it was big. It was huge. We had never participated actively in those meeting. So, um, I, like I mentioned before, I took a couple of our um, leaders from the Latino Student Association at Grace College with us. Uh, the, it was the first time when we invited other departments to join us. The, the School of Education had a small table with us. And, and so, just just to have that the participation yeah. and, and, yep. and interact, have our name in those events. And I recently just saw the numbers um, of our you know new student class for this upcoming fall. 
2020, and um, you know we're close to 20 percent um, students from minority populations, yes. and uh, you know just a few years ago that was closer to 12, 13 percent. Um, so we've already seen some. Um, fruits of that labor and, you know, hopefully more looking like the kingdom of God, even on our our campus. Um, I would be interested for you to share a little bit of some of the work you've been doing during this COVID time, uh, because, uh, you know, COVID has hit minority populations um, more severely. And you have been involved um, in the Latino community. Uh, Tell us what you have have been involved and what that's looked like uh, for you these last few months? Yes, well, the first thing that uh, affected my job in, in the sense of uh, what am I going to be doing now with my time was, of course, the cancellation of these big um, student events, these large um, conve- student conventions like the one we, we attended last year in Iowa for the Church of God um, Youth Convention everything got canceled. So um, COVID forced me, forced us to do things differently and, and, and try to keep the, the partnerships that we had established the previous year alive. So um, uh, we prayed about it and, and tried to be creative. A couple of, almost two months ago now, we received a phone call from the mayor of the city the numbers had come, just came back from the previous weekend on the new positives. And uh, two-thirds of those, I think it was two-thirds of those last names were um, Latino last names, Spanish-sounding last names. And it came from basically three areas in our city. And so in, in I would say in a matter of 24 hours, um, the city put together, we responded as, as community leaders, and we put together um, a committee, and, and uh, I think we call it Latin COVID-19 Latino Response Initiative or something like that. Um, so we, we met with the mayor, and again, in 24 hours, the city was distributing distributing. Uh, flyer with information. We went to the, those trailer parks and, and and some volunteers from Grace College, from the city. Um, we worked in cooperation with the um, fire department. And so we joined forces. And that initial response uh, basically gave birth to... Uh, what we are forming now, we're becoming a, a, a Latino group of, I would say a, a group of Latino leaders who are working as advisors to the city. And um, the mayor of the city has a couple of initiatives and, and he has invited us to be part of it. To He has been open to listen to, to us so we, we, we responded um, the, to the call, I would say. Mm. So we showed up again. Um, the city, I think, the, the mayor and his office, they were uh, surprised um, how quickly we responded. Mm. 
and we show that we're willing to to give back to the community, to represent our institutions that, that we work for, but also just be a, a force in the community to not just fight COVID-19, but to force of influence. Yeah. So uh, um, I think that has been, that has given me um, um, a sense of, uh, you know, that there's so much to, to be done, but we now have a group of leaders in the Latino leaders in the community that can be mobilized and, and we are here, you know, this is our town, this is our city. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we not only answered the call, we went to the trenches, we, we helped in the distribution of materials, but at the same time, we want to be heard. Yeah. We want to, to be uh, taken into consideration for policies, for uh, decisions. So, um, yeah, we w want to send the message that we want the best, not just our community, we want the best for the city yeah. as a whole. That's awesome. I, uh, you know, I think we could go on and on with the various things that you have even in engaged in in the last year, health initiatives, business initiatives, engaging other faculty on campus and who have found it to be some of the most enjoyable things yes. they have done to go do uh, training or interactions or listening sessions with the Latino community. And so really thank you for all the work you have done to connect our community. It's it's a strategic thing yes. um, because, uh, you know, we we recruit Latino communities and families, mm -hmm. not individuals. That's yes. one of the things you've already taught me um, that is different in the recruitment of yes. new students. So it's very strategic for Grace College, but it's also just the right thing to do yes. um, because that is who is in our community and we as an institution who wants to be deeply embedded and impactful with our neighbors um, it's the right thing to do so thank you for leading that charge um, being a voice of grace to the community and a, and a voice of the community back to grace um, just appreciate all that you have done and taking the time to share with us even today thank you and thank you to all of you for listening to the Grace Story podcast today. Our music was written by Dr. Wally Brath. Thank you also to our producers, Andrew Palladino and Rick Neer. And if you could rate and share this post wherever you have got it from, we would be so appreciative. Until next time, live your best Grace Story today.